Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're going to discuss whether therapists need to have gone through their own psychological issues before they're able to help anybody. Meow, meow. Note, this is a question that I received from a listener. Again, thank you guys for these. Animus at AnimusEmpire.com if you guys have a question or reach out on Twitter, you know, DM me. Twitter handle at AnimusEmpire as this listener did. And the question is about a tweet. And the tweet is from somebody called Do on Twitter. Handle the Do Lab. That is D-U Do. And this is something that somebody who I actually follow, I don't know what he does. I think it's some kind of sales or business consulting. But I don't follow him for that. I follow him because he seems to have a philosophical mind. And you can tell that he's thinking through his own thoughts on his own. And I don't necessarily agree with everything that he says. Not that you, I mean... I don't agree with everything anybody says, but it's not that not about that. You can tell that he's thinking through certain issues on his own, so that's really cool, and that's why I like following him. But this is about a tweet in particular that uh, he tweeted a few months ago, and I'll just quote the tweet. It's actually two tweets. It's a set of them. Uh, the first one, quote, someone who has gone through men's shit is always, in a better, is always a better therapist than an actual, quote, therapist, unquote. No true, excuse me, no way to truly understand people's pain if you've never felt pain in a past version of yourself. Ignore the false weight of some credential. Seek help from those battle tested. And this continues as a set of tweets. Like I said, not trying to put down therapists. I actually think they're beneficial in many ways. But if you were to see one, my two cents is to not focus so much on where they went to school, what acronyms they have after their name, etc. Rather, find out the specific demons they've overcome. So the question is, what do I think about this this tweet? Do therapists need to be battle-tested? Do they need to have gone through their own psychological pain to be helpful in any way? Um, I think this, well, just, you know, just uh, do the thing I do here. I'll tease ahead and I'll say this is, do is mostly correct here. Well, I don't know if I'm going to say mostly correct, but he is correct, but he does get something incorrect. And I'll say it comes down to one specific word. There's an operative word here that that if he took out of these these set of tweets, I'll uh, the, the second tweet, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, there's a good hook for you. I'll um, or yeah, hook and a quiz. What word did he put in the second tweet that made him way more wrong than he would have been if he would have just left this word out? Uh, we will get to it. So, so I do think that uh, do is correct, but he is also incorrect too. And I think what. And, and we'll get to it, but I, but I think what he's talking about here is the archetype of the wounded healer. And this is something that I've talked about before, you know, not definitely not my original idea or anything, but this is the guy, I mean, think of an indigenous tribe, the shaman in some indigenous tribe, I don't know, somewhere in South America. And this is the guy who has gone through a lot of psychological pain, who has gone through an initiation process, which... And what happens is your psychological pieces effectively just get scattered, right? This is the idea of the bone ceremony, looking at your bones, looking at you are without the accoutrements of the so-called uh, visible world. And this is a guy who's, whose psychological pieces have been shattered, and yes, he's put those pieces back together in a healthier way. You know, he's, he's put those bones of his psychology back together in a healthier way. He doesn't only do that, though. 
right? That's not what makes him the shaman. What makes him the shaman is he understands the principles through which other people can do that. So yes, do you need to have gone through some kind of psychological pain in order to be a good therapist? Yes, of course. But that's only a necessary condition for being a good therapist. That is definitely not a sufficient condition. I mean, everybody's gone through psychological pain, but can you use that pain? Can you conceptualize? Can you abstract away from what that pain is? Can you put yourself back together? And in putting yourself back together, can you come up with some underlying principles? I mean, this is abstract and this is a conceptualization, which not a lot of therapists do. Um, so yes, experience is necessary, but it is, uh, it's not sufficient. Um, I couldn't imagine, you know, I mean, I, I'd, you know, I've, I've obviously gone through my own issues that I've talked about them, not too much. And that's for a specific reason. But I also, I, I couldn't imagine, um, you know, helping anybody out through, you know, it's like the, uh, uh, it's like you're a marketer or you're a copywriter. And, and you're selling your copywriting services and you create this ad that sells your copywriting services, but the copywriting in, in the ad is terrible. You know, it's like, what do you know about, right? I mean, we want that. We want that in somebody who's, who's helping us in copywriting. Now that is a necessary condition for being a good copywriting teacher, creating quality copywriting ads that advertise your services, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're a good teacher. You know, something else I think of. I think I've tweeted about this a couple of times. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm getting on in age here. I'm going to be 40 next year. And, um, you know, people say, oh, when you're older, you necessarily get fat. That's not true, but it is a little bit more difficult. You, you, you can't eat the same things that you did when you were 24. And I just see, I don't know, fitness guys on Twitter, they can't be much older than 24. We'll just call them 24, 25, whatever. And, uh, you know, they're talking about, what to eat to stay lean. It's like, dude, you're, you're 24, you're 25. I mean, I am not in any way physically gifted <laughs> in any seriously way. I mean, I was a pretty good athlete, to be honest, um, but not, you know, not seriously gifted in any way. And I could easily stay, I mean, I had an eight pack through 25, 26. I mean, eating pie three times a week and, and eating Lucky Charms for breakfast. And then, you know, but, but I would work out and I would have an eight pack, you know, I would have stomach pains. I mean, it would have been ridiculous for me to give dieting advice. I, I haven't really gone through what it takes. Now, it would be way better to take dieting advice from somebody who was 300 pounds and lost a bunch of weight. And, and I think that's how a lot of probably a lot better dietitians would, would market themselves. Um, but the reason I don't do this and the reason I don't talk about my own personal issues, although I do, um, but I don't harp on it and I don't try to communicate with guys by saying, hey, I've gone through these issues so I can help you go through these issues is that um, it adds connection in the wrong ways and it also adds disconnection. Like let's say my, my dad killed himself. He didn't, but let's say he did and I was advertising services, my therapeutic uh, services by saying, hey, my dad killed himself. If your dad killed himself, uh, I'm, I'm going to be able to help you out because I work through the grief so I can help you work through the grief. Now, that seems like a connection, but also I would argue if you understand therapy, what it really needs to be a perfect form of therapy, not a form of therapy that makes you perfect, but a form of therapy that the, the process of which it is perfect so that when you submit yourself to the process, you're going to get better eventually if you just integrate these principles into your life, these principles of uh, going into therapy or of conducting yourself in therapy. 
but so that adds like a false kind of connection to somebody who who has a father who's killed themselves and it also disconnects you from people who've had other kinds of of uh, of psychological pain or what seem to be other kinds of psychological pain but not um but not having their father uh, kill themselves so it cannot just be hey here you know this worked for me so therefore you know it's going to work for you um you know, and I think the opposite of this is also true. Like, uh, you know, people will assume that, oh, well, somebody who has uh, gone through, you know, psychological pain, like a father's killed themselves, they're going to be much better able at helping somebody who's had a father who's killed himself. Uh, that's not true, but the reverse is also true. Just because somebody has gone through psychological pain and really can't figure out the problem in their own lives, that doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to help you with it. Uh, so something that I actually just saw, you know, uh, serendipitously, synchronistically on Twitter is there was a meme kind of, of of Terrence McKenna and it said, you know, when Terrence McKenna was writing all these books and coming up with all these ideas on how to live, he was going through a really difficult divorce with his wife. And it's like, well, why should we listen to Terrence McKenna just because, you know, he couldn't fix his own marriage. How is he going to fix anybody else? And, and that's kind of unfair, too, because you don't know what else Terrence McKenna is dealing with, right? I mean, um, you know, I, I don't like this excuse in leadership, but I do think this excuse can be helpful in a certain psychological context, and that is it could have been a lot worse. So maybe Terrence McKenna was going through a difficult, you know, divorce with his wife, but he perhaps without his insights, and I'm not a big Terrence McKenna fan, you know, I, I really don't have any opinion. It's probably more of a negative opinion, to be honest, but I really don't have much of an opinion on him. Um, maybe it would have been a lot worse without all the work and all the acid trips that he did take. I, I don't know. Maybe he, he would never have been alive to even get married in the first place if it wasn't for this um, this mystical, you know, LSD-infused inner work that he's done and all these insights that he had. So it's really not fair to look at somebody's life and say, well, they're going to know how to solve the problem because they solve the problem. Well, that's right. I mean, this is how you get guys like Jocko Willink. I mean, this is a guy who I think um, has a lot of good things to say, but that doesn't necessarily mean he, he knows much about uh, psychology. He talks about discipline and staying hard and focused and, you know, waking up at 4 a.m. It's like, yeah, these are things that worked for you. But these, I know that these things don't work for everybody because they try these things and just beat their head against the wall and don't feel any better and aren't through the existential strife that they're going through at the moment. I'm not saying that waking up at 4 a.m. helps, but is that fundamental? You know, a lot of guys... <laughs> Uh, this is going to be a big surprise for all the Jocko Willink fans out there. A lot of guys don't get better psychologically until they stop doing the Jocko Willink thing. Until they start waking up whenever they want. And, like, yeah, going to the gym may help one particular person. But in another case, it's going to hurt somebody if they're obsessed about going to the gym. A lot of people, they get better when they stop going to the gym so much. And they stop maybe weighing themselves every day. You know, all depends. You know, same thing like a lot of guys will say, oh, well, go to church. That'll make you feel better. Yeah, that can make you feel better. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely think that there is a process in religion that can be psychologically healthy when you use it in the right way. Of course, 
Religion is neither good nor bad. Obviously, it's just how you relate with your particular religion. That's way more important. But also, a lot of people begin to get psychologically better when they leave the church, when they become atheists. Well, what's going on? I'm going to tell you, you know, there are principles of behavior that unify the person who goes to church and the person who leaves the church. What do they have in common? You know, what do the two people have in common? The one guy who follows what Jocko says and the other guy who stops following what Jocko says. You know, same thing with cognitive behavioral therapy. I mean, as much as I rag on it, this can be helpful. It clearly is able to help some people in a certain context. So it's not just enough to rag on cognitive behavioral therapy, although I do think deserves a lot of ragging on. But what is it about cognitive behavioral therapy that helps people? And why is it people can get help when they leave cognitive behavioral therapy? Clearly, it's not just whether you use CBT or you don't, right? So it's, it's about um, looking at fundamental principles behind behavior and part of your insights that you get at looking at fundamental principles behind your, your behavior is going through it yourself. And it's not just saying, here's what I did, therefore it works for you. Now, I understand that's good marketing, but that's also not necessarily true. Um, so, yes, good, um, yeah, experience, experiencing psychological pain. That is necessary, but it is not sufficient. So what is sufficient? What is sufficient for being a good therapist? I think it comes down to... Well, two things. You don't have to go through a specific issue that somebody else has gone through. All you got to do is recognize the irrational in yourself. I know that's a principle I've talked about before, but you have to recognize how you can be irrational. Now, it's not really irrational. It only seems irrational. And the irrationality is simply, I want to do a certain thing. I know doing A is good for me, yet I cannot bring myself to do A. Now, people can experience this in a lot of ways, through addiction. Right now, I cut my teeth in this profession by working with addicts. And I, I honestly, I still work with addicts, and, and I think I do a, a really good job. Now, I have never had an addiction or anything that would, would be considered even close to an addiction. You know, sometimes I spend too much time on Twitter. It could maybe veer into addiction zone. But I've never had an addiction like that. Yet, I can help somebody a lot in part, yes, because I can relate with them. But also, I can abstract away from what they're experiencing and say, even though I haven't had an addiction like you have had, I don't say this explicitly, I have, I have felt that. Right, something I've had, I've felt dealt with a lot, a lot is uh, depression. Um, and it's probably biological in my case, just because I've never really had anxiety. I've never had an issue with anxiety or social anxiety. It's really just mostly been depression. So, and I've been able to work through it, even though it probably is more of a biological issue. But I can feel that irrationality of, of waking up and, um, you know, having a difficult time moving. Like, like just feeling like body ache. In your joints like your joints don't work as well it's almost like you have the flu but you're not sick so I felt that irrationality not around addiction maybe not around anything like procrastination to any serious extent or social anxiety um, or anything like that or um, 
you know, codependence. Like that's something else I'm, I'm really, I, I tell you, I'm really helpful <laughs> when it comes to codependence issues and people. Now that is something I have really not uh, had a lot of issue with myself, but I can recognize the irrationality in myself, right? I can recognize, you know, it's interesting when you're dealing with depression, you wake up one day and you feel great and you can do everything you want to do and and life is good and then you go to the sleep and you can sleep really well it's not dependent on sleep or anything and then the next day you wake up and you can't move i mean it's it's you know very difficult to move and and you know it, it's easy i'm from the midwest so it's like okay i just have to have a good attitude and oh this is just something about my character but it happens enough and you realize oh maybe this is nothing about my character well it is and it is something that I can change long term, even though it is, you know, at least maybe 50% biological. Um, this is something about my character and I can change it long term, but in the moment, it doesn't say anything negative about me. Just like the procrastination doesn't say anything negative about you or the anxiety disorder. It's just an issue. It's not your issue, right? It's an issue that you have and it's important to manage it. Um, so it's not just recognizing the irrationality. It is that, but it's also going to the second sufficient thing to becoming a good therapist is um, you, got, you gotta have you know principles of good behavior. You have to properly integrate what's going on with you. If you're going through whatever your issue is, whether it's depression, drug addiction, you know, your dad committing suicide, you know, uh, social anxiety, and some kind of eating disorder, uh, you know, not just anorexia and bulimia, but, uh, you know, eating too much, any kind of eating disorder, you know, coping with stress in, a, in an unhealthy way by eating too many Oreos. So you need a philosophically integrated view of behavior. And this is what the shaman did. It, it's really no different than uh, what, what a shaman does in an indigenous tribe now. You know, I think there's some mystical elements there that are philosophically untrue, psychologically true, of course. You know, there isn't, there may not literally be a spirit world. You don't have to believe in one, but it is psychologically true that there is a spirit world and we need to connect with this world that we don't necessarily see, but it is in, is, but it is in control of this phenomenal uh, world. And that is the key. That is the key that not a lot of therapists do. In fact, I would say it's pretty much none because it's not encouraged. And uh, this is also interesting. I was going to do, and I'm still gonna do a presentation on this, a presentation on different epistemological views of human behavior and how there, there's two kinds of epistemological views that you can have of human behavior or psychology in general that, is, that are incorrect. And there's one view, an integrated view of, of human behavior that is more correct. So it's, it's really a complicated issue and I'm not going to go into it now in this video. I'm going to save that for a presentation. Um, maybe it'll be on in a couple weeks. You know, no promises on that. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm going to be out of town next week. So I won't do a video next week. And when I'm out of town, maybe I'm, I'm going to be working on this presentation. So when I get back in two weeks. So look for it in two weeks. No, Again, no, no promises there. Uh, but the idea here is, look, and I, I think this is something, um, you know, I'm going to say that's quite heretical. Here, heretical? Heretic-like. Heretical, is that, is that the word? Uh, uh, 
heterodox. We'll just say it's quite heterodox as opinion. And I think the death of therapy, the death of quality therapy is something that every therapist, pretty much every therapist says, most of them don't even think about what it means, that they just repeat it like a brain donkey. And that quotation is, everybody's different. Everybody's different. You get a new client into your clinic, you have to throw out everything that you knew before. And this is something that Jung says too. You know, Jung says this, even though he does come up with principles. I mean, Jung does this thing like he does come up with principles for human behavior, but also if he's given in a lecture, he'll say, hey, everybody is different. You know, this can't include everybody. Okay, but clearly you're coming up with principles. So, so he's really just, I don't know. I, I just get the, uh, get the sense that Jung does it out of some kind of uh, modest. You have to, he has to appear more modest <laughs> than he really is. Uh, to, to make him more congenial, to, to make what he does say, when he, when he does talk about principles of human behavior, he needs to make th those more uh, readily acceptable to the people who he's speaking to and the people who he's writing for. And that's like the, his, his modesty, his uh, humbleness is like the, the spoonful of sugar that makes his principles of human behavior go down. But a lot of therapists just repeat this and it's, true in a sense obviously everybody is different we have different experiences but that is the death of therapy because what therapy ultimately is managing your psychological issues is is connection it's well awareness awareness of your psychological issue which you cannot do without connection because you're a human because you would not have the brain that you have if it wasn't for your ability to relate with others you cannot fully be aware of yourself without connection with others. Now you can't also can't fully be aware of yourself without you know spending quality time alone. You have an introversion of the libido or an extroversion of the libido, but it but it all funnels into the same process or, or the same concept, which is awareness. You are not going to be aware until you can connect with other people. And this phrase "everybody's different" not only does it make the therapy way slower and make the therapist throw out everything that he knows about therapy because this, this new person has a completely new life. That seems benevolent, but it is insidiously hurtful to uh, therapy as a profession and to people um, getting good therapy. The implication of this, I, I guess, goes back to Deuce's tweet, which is, hey, if you want to find a good therapist, find out somebody who has gone through what you've gone through. Like if, if you have depression, find out somebody who's gone through depression themselves. And again, maybe necessary, but it is far, far from a sufficient condition for a quality therapy. And I, I guess this speaks to, yeah, the, the, the point of therapy is that, um, I guess, how do I say this? Uh, well, yeah, I'll use a buzzword. I'll use a good buzzword to describe this is a, a lot of people think that what perfect therapy would be for them is some kind of program tailored for their specific issues and their specific life experience. And I think that is completely untrue. And go back to what I just said a couple minutes ago, that really that real therapy is um, is connection. I think in or I think perfect therapy, a perfect therapeutic process for people is a therapeutic process that is um, beneficial to everybody. It, it is necessarily decentralized. Um, 
so that way anybody with any psychological issue can go through it because in a sense, even though I've never gone through codependent issues, I have felt that. And, and what is fundamental to depression and codependent issues? That's what a perfect therapeutic system would speak to. That's what a perfect therapeutic system would understand. It wouldn't treat the person who has depression, the person who has codependence as, as any different. Um, and so, yeah, what was I saying? Right, so what's the operative word in Dew's tweet that makes it incorrect? In the second tweet, in the last sentence, he says, rather find out these specific demons they've overcome that a potential therapist has overcome. Yeah, specific. Why do you have to find out these specific demons? That is completely beside the point. Understand that in order to be a therapist, you have gone through your own demons. I mean, there's no way you're going to get interested in this field unless you, you know, you, you've you kind of beat your head against the, the wall of irrationality and and realize, man, it, it doesn't work in the typical, you know, Midwestern have a good attitude way. You know, there's something else going on. Yeah, uh, read my um, essay on uh, my statement of purpose for graduate school. I talk about it. I mean, um, it's not about finding out these the specific demons. It's more, you know, it's difficult to say, but do they have a framework? for understanding behavior, at least a framework. E even a wrong framework is more helpful than no framework at all. That is going to be way more important. And that's something that we can work on here. Right, I mean, I mean this is what, what we do. I and mean, we offer a decentralized form of therapy. I mean, this is why I can, uh, this is the, the idea behind the course. The course is not for therapists. The course is for clients who wanna go through therapy and get perfect, I would say perfect therapy, does not mean you're going to be perfect as the result. But again, it's the process that we all need to go through in order to change and grow. No, no matter how your psychological pieces have been shattered, the process of putting them back together is exactly the same for everybody. And when you recognize that's what everybody goes through, then that's when your transformation, or really, that's when your awareness of your own issue can really become powerful. And then, of course, that's when your transformation and change can become powerful. So, I don't know, yeah, check out the course, um, animusempire.com slash program. Of course, before there was a course, there was a book that, uh, that um, demarcated not the principles of therapy, and proper therapy, but the principles of psychology, so check out the book for that, animusempire.com slash book. And of course, we do free consultations, animusempire.com slash schedule. If you just want to reach out and let me know what's going on, um, I can point you in some better direction, at least give you some awareness of what's going on so you can take the next step. or, or So the, whatever your next step is, is going to be more likely to be helpful for you. Then again, yeah, animusempire.com slash schedule. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. And remember, um, what we can offer here, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something. What we can offer here is, uh, yeah, it's perfect therapy and it's decentralized. It's not perfect therapy and decentralized, but it's perfect precisely because it is decentralized.